Welcome back to another episode of Sips with the Tips, a podcast about savouring the sip, whether that's coffee, cocktails, whiskey, wine or whatever. My name's Nikki. I'm Daniel. And we are the Tips. If you were wondering, you probably weren't, I don't imagine many people were, but uh, we are back with another episode of Sips with the Tips and it's been a few months between them, but for good reason, right? We've been, yeah, we've had a lot on. It's yeah. been, what, about six months? Uh, it has, yeah, August-ish, if, I think, so yeah. just over, but, you know, as you say, a fair bit's happened in that time, hasn't it? Yeah, we, what did we start with? We moved house. Yep. Uh, work kind of took over and got a bit mental for a Always little bit. Does. As it does. But... I'd say the main contributing factor to uh, why we haven't been wanting to do a podcast about whiskey, wine, cocktails, coffee, um, is because I'm pregnant. And all of those things made me want to hurl for a, a, a long time. Would have made for an entertaining episode, it to be would fair. It would have been like footage, short. you're listening to me gagging for yeah. like an hour. No thanks. Um, so yeah, I wasn't feel, really feeling the podcast content then, no. but I'm much more lively and awake and less sick now, yeah, which is so good. Baby is due in May, so you might be wondering, well, what, what, what's the how, point now? How, how, how the fuck are you doing an episode now? Uh, but actually, the pregnancy has kind of forced our hand on a topic that we have been wanting to do for quite a while, right? So today we've got four beers lined up for our Sunday sip, and all of these beers, quite varied in their um, in their type, but uh, they all have one shared characteristic, don't they? Yes, they are all low or no alcohol beers. Yeah, so today we're going to be trying four different beers, which we'll tell you a bit more about shortly, and off the back of those, uh, our Sunday sip, we're going to be talking a bit more about that sector in general. Yeah, so while we're trying them, we're going to be talking through kind of like how it's actually made, like how they get no alcohol, mm. um, the rise of this product sector and people's relationship with it, and also kind of the future of where it might go or where it seems to be going already. Yeah, quite a um, deep topic that we can dive into today. So looking forward to getting into that and these beers shortly. As well as that, we've got some other features on the way, of course, the booze and brews news. You got some headlines for us? So a Kiwi alcohol-free RTD brand is making quite big moves globally, which is always exciting. House of the Dragon has been keeping fans happy and also shareholders of a well-known aperitif company and lastly central london has a new pub on the way but this one is a little bit different indeed and finally we have a new feature to share with you today it's not really a a new feature it's just new but not new something we've kind of always done we've just broken it out into its own section of the show we're calling it the social sip which is where we share your thoughts on a question that we've asked on instagram or one of our social media channels today we have your thoughts uh on low and no alcohol drinks so excited to share those with you a little bit later on in the episode for now i'm gonna get those four tins out the fridge and we will get into our low and no sunday sip just a sec Okay, we are back for our Sunday sip, and we have a spectacular lineup of four low or no alcohol uh, beers to try today. The way that we're going to structure this one, uh, our sort of Sunday sip and our main topic are going to kind of bleed together a wee bit today. One of us will try a beer, chat through our thoughts on it. The other one's going to chat us through one of those topics that Nikki listed off before. So to start it off, uh, Nikki is going to have an Asahi Dry Zero, which is a 0.00% according to the can. So they really want you to know that that definitely doesn't have alcohol in it and while she's trying that she'll give us her thoughts and I'll chat through a bit about how alcohol free 
products are made. Then Daniel will be trying a tiny non-alcoholic hazy IPA from Garage Project, which is less than 0.5%. And that's kind of how the ones who aren't yeah. 0.0 get around it, but it's still pretty it's, much non-alcoholic. It's basically alcohol-free, but I think like it, I think it's some sort of legality, legality or something. Thing. They have yeah. to say less than 05 um, and I'll be chatting through a little bit the rise of the low and no sector whilst he is sampling that. Nikki's then got a Bitburger Pilsner, 0.0%, and I was meant to look up the pronunciation of that. I may have absolutely butchered it. Uh, while she's trying that, I'll talk through some of the reasons why alcohol-free products are on the rise. We'll speculate on that a wee bit. And then Daniel will finish us off with the only kind of mid-strength beer of the tasting, which is a Max Mid Vicious, and that's 2.5%, and a Session Peel Ale, while I chat through a little bit of where the future of low and no might go. So yes, I think we'll get stuck into it. We'll get you on the Asahi Dry 0.00. Let you pour that out, and we'll get you to run through the usual things that we do for our Sunday sip. So the presentation, and today will include how obvious it is that it's an alcohol-free product, because I think that's something that's quite important. Yeah. So you know when you're in the supermarket aisle, right, and you probably know this a bit more clearly now, being pregnant and looking for alcohol-free products, I would say it's pretty important that you know what you're looking at. Is well, you right? want to know quite quickly, especially if you're in my situation, because you don't want to be looking at something and be like, oh, that looks really good, and then be like, oh, it's 6%, <laughs> definitely not for me today. All the while, other shoppers are judging, judging you for you being heavily. in the alcohol yeah. aisle. Uh, Anytime I step foot near a bottle of wine, people are like... <gasps> Yeah, that's one thing that I personally find at our local supermarket, New World in, in Nelson, uh, they've got an enormous alcohol section. Very, very hard to spot which are the alcohol-free or the low-alcohol drinks, right? I like that when they have a sign, personally. Yeah, so waffling a wee bit, but that's one thing I think we focus on today is how obvious is it that it is an alcohol-free product and how tastefully have they sort of done that. Get you to talk us through the aroma, the flavor, and give your thoughts on it. So do you want to give it a, a wee nose or tell us a bit about the can? So we'll go with the can first, and this is super obvious. It's non-alcoholic. Mm. Also, just a side note, Asahi, I pronounced Ashai <laughs> for a very, very long time. Yeah, a little bit of dyslexia, uh, maybe, no. No, I don't know. Maybe uncultured, but no, I know it's Asahi. But yeah, super obvious. It's got alcohol, not point not not right at the top, not point not not again in the middle, and dry zero. They also st- say on it, which I think is quite cute, it is a non-alcoholic beverage, so you can enjoy it without worrying about the next day at work. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> hangover culture much. It's like, okay. Yeah, I hadn't actually seen that. That's quite yeah, funny. it's really cute, but yeah. it's classic Asahi branding, though, all silver and red with a bit of black in it. Mm. Like, it's very clearly their product, but... The 0% one, and even a, Even a little bit of writing on there that I can't read, so that's fantastic. Yeah, love that. <laughs> smells like a beer. Smells yeah. like an Asahi. How, like, authentic does it smell? Like, if you smelled that blind, would you know it was alcohol-free in any way? I don't think... Mm, I don't know. I'd, I'd be keen to hear your judgment on yeah, that okay. because it's been so long since I've had an alcoholic well, beverage now. Right like, now. I smell beer immediately. I'm like, that's a beer. I don't think it smells different to an alcoholic no, beer. it smells like beer. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's what I think. Yeah, Give it okay. a go. Tell us what you think. It looks like beer. Like I can say in the glass, it's got a nice head on it. It's that same character, uh, same sort of this typical beer color. Like exactly like Asahi. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, I want to have a go. The way we were going to structure this. I don't hate only... Asahi like alcoholic version either. Yeah. I quite like it. It hits the spot. Only one of us was going to try it, but I'm really intrigued now. It's not bad. I'm quite a fan. It's lacking a little bit of body, but that's pretty good. It's got a fantastic head on it. 
Yeah, actually. And yeah. color-wise, yeah, just your standard Asahi. It's like mildly dehydrated urine. <laughs> um, you're not super unhealthy, but like you could probably do with a bit of water. You really got to stop using that as a, uh, <laughs> Such as a, a good color analogy. scale. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a little bit off-putting. So, yeah, so while Nikki's trying that and enjoying her Asahi Dry Zero Point. Zero zero again. I find it odd that they really specify Just like all two of the decimal zeros. points, which is unusual. Anyway. I enjoy it. So, how alcohol-free beverages are made? Now, this has been actually a wee bit of an education for us. Um, we had to do a fair bit of research into this because we didn't really think about it much I had before. no idea. No, I'm not going to lie. It was just a thing, right? So what we've found is actually there are a few different ways that it can be done. Different industries use different methods depending on the fit for the product. So beer will be a bit different to wine, et cetera, et cetera. And the other one is that it always seems to be evolving. Companies are finding new, sometimes proprietary ways. Some of them are probably shite uh and you know some you only got to get it right once really don't you i think it's just like whatever fits with whatever's flavor profiles because yeah. yeah we can get into the sciencey bit but i think yeah. some leave in like certain tannins in wine that you might not want like those size molecules left in in, in yeah. whiskey or beer or something. well we'll dive into that a little bit more shortly so a couple of different ways um more generally that you can make an alcohol-free product right you can make an alcohol-containing product, and then remove the alcohol. Or you can do it the other way, which is to not have alcohol involved in the process really at all. And both have their merits, and we can chat through those a wee bit. But we'll start off with removing. Uh, I'll try not to make this too dry because it is a little bit sort of dull and <laughs> Dry. Sorry. Uh, yeah, because Asahi. <laughs> he didn't even mean that. Uh, okay, so the first one is reverse osmosis, which you may have heard of before. Technology that is used to remove a large majority of contaminants from water pushes the water under pressure through a semi-permeable membrane. Feels like a biology lesson. Does a bit, doesn't it? So uh, I found a very nice description of how this works on ift.org. So I'm just going to read this verbatim. Wine is pumped against the membrane, causing smaller molecule weight compounds, such as ethanol and water, to diffuse selectively through the membrane, thereby removing the alcohol from the wine. Makes sense so far, right? The membrane rejects or passes compounds based on their molecular weight and the membrane pore size. So it's really just fitting things through, you know, putting a peg through a hole kind of thing. Uh, Since ethanol and water are small relative to the wine matrix, the larger compounds, such as organic acids and phenolics, are retained in the wine and are concentrated. So they take that concentrate, they add clean water back in, that dilutes the concentrate and restores the initial balance without any alcohol. After reading it a couple of times, makes perfect sense here at first time, maybe not so much. But that is, in a nutshell, reverse osmosis. The next one is vacuum distillation. This is one of the more popular dealcoholization techniques. God, that's a dog of a word to say. You said that before? No, I don't fancy trying it. Give it a go. I can barely dealcoholize. Dealcoholization. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I struggle with some words anyway and that's I that. will just stress that is an alcohol free beer she is drinking <laughs> uh, one of the more popular dealkalization techniques uh, particularly within the wine industry so the distillation process is carried out under reduced pressure which significantly reduces ethanol alcohol's boiling point and the lower temperature means the alcohol evaporates before 
the wine compounds are boiled off, which leaves a lower alcohol liquid with flavors and aromas very similar to the original product. So that's a popular one. That makes quite a bit more sense to me than the uh, reverse osmosis. Yeah. Uh, now, there is a slight variation. I don't know how much I want to go into this. There is a variation of that uh, vacuum method that's the spinning cone method, which is effectively uh, a type of vacuum distillation and is what they now regard as kind of ideal for retaining a liquid sort of quality, oh, uh, okay. particularly with wine. So the spinning cone method relies on a, a big stainless steel column containing a central rotating shaft. There's two stages, right? Two stages to this. The first stage is conducted around 30 degrees Celsius. It strips the liquid of its volatile compounds. The second stage is carried out at a higher temperature, only 10 degrees more, 40 degrees Celsius, and that removes the alcoholic content. Uh, now, of course, the other option, the complete other side of the spectrum, is you don't involve alcohol at all, which you think probably a whole lot easier, but getting it right is probably quite a lot harder. Mm. So that's just made by adding sim- uh, by simply adding aromas to a neutral, non-alcoholic base liquid. Uh, That's just designed to mimic the flavor profile of full-strength spirit categories such as gin and whiskey. Uh, Product that we've tried a couple of times, works really well. They've been doing this for a while. They've now got a big range of products. Uh, is from Liars, uh, Liars Spirit Company. Uh, they make products using a mix of natural essences and extracts added to a proprietary non-alcoholic liquid, and they actually get pretty goddamn close to making a product similar to Yeah, because I, mar- I had a margarita made with uh, their agave. Yeah, didn't and I? it was pretty good, right? Like oh, we it was lovely. Went to a, um, went to a um, margarita bar. Uh, yeah, that's right. Bar specifically for margaritas in Queenstown on a holiday there. Was it over not tequi- tequila and mezcal speciality? Oh, yeah, it was. But yeah, we just tried their Daniel just heard margaritas and that was all he remembered. <laughs> Pretty much. So it's downstairs from a taco place, which I just Fair. love. Yeah. I went to get a booking for tacos, didn't we? And yeah. And we're like, oh shit, there's a bar downstairs. Went downstairs, tequila and mezcal. Got a couple of margaritas because they had a whole menu specifically for alcohol free margaritas which i thought was very cool uh, but you tried some of this lies product phenomenal stuff Lovely. they were doing so look all of that again i really didn't want to make it too dry i know i did exactly that it's hard to visualize hard to, harder to explain if you're really interested in how alcohol-free products are made i would recommend doing exactly what we did just watch a few youtube videos because it is quite fascinating stuff Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I feel like I've had a day at school. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Science lesson. Uh, cool. So, beer two, you want to chat us through that? I'm going to get it poured out. So, yep, Daniel is now having the tiny non alcoholic hazy IPA from Garage Project, mm. which is less than 0.5%. How um, obvious, Daniel, is it that it's non alcoholic? Is it as clear as the Asahi was? Um, Probably not, no. So <laughs> I hadn't actually noticed this until right now. Up the top, it says, no regrets, hazy IPA. Oh. <laughs> I think says a lot about this category, and we will dive into that uh, a little bit more shortly. Um, it's got tiny and very, very big writing, uh, tiny but mighty, and in small writing up the top, non-alcoholic beer. Uh, and then down the bottom, 0.5% or less than 0.5% ABV. On the back, it's got a little bit of a description. Can't be bothered reading that. I'm just going to pour it out and give it a go. It's quite, quite a the, cute can. Oh, I love the can. Um, we put a photo up on our Instagram channel. Oh, when was that? A week or two ago of you in the um, no alcohol section of the supermarket taking a look at it. And there's a box above your head and it's got tiny 
zero alcohol. Oh, it does it? Because you're really I small. Even, I hadn't even noticed that. Oh, thanks. Um, okay. I had noticed I was small. <laughs> In the glass, this looks like lemonade. That does. It's, I was just about to say that. It's unsettlingly yellow. In fact, I'm going to take a play out of your book. That looks like urine. It does not look appealing at all. It's barely got any head on it. It doesn't look yeah, like Yeah, it doesn't beer. look like there's much fizz either. However... On the nose, it doesn't smell great. I'm just going to caveat, I love Garage Project and the beers that they do, but I don't. It smells real citrus. I suppose, yeah, it's a little bit of hazy. Like it's It looks like, like well-natural lemonade. You know, the yeah. ones that's like kind of still. I guess it does look like a hazy IPA. I, I just was expecting it to be a little bit more colored than that, but I'll give it a go. Just knock it back and tell us, yeah. It's a little bit light on texture. I can tell that. I can tell that's a, a no-alcohol beer. Really? Definitely. Would you like to give it a try? It's just lacking a bit of body. It, it tastes fine. It, it, don't get me wrong. It tastes absolutely pleasant. And if you really wanted a no alcohol drink, fine. Verdict? Oh, I think that's quite nice. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of captures a hazy moderately well. I think I've just not had a lot of non-alcoholic hazy. So I think it's been a while since I've had a hazy. It's just not to my taste. I'll, I'll keep drinking it for sure. It's pleasant enough, but I don't hate it. I think I thought it was going to be better. So yeah, whilst Daniel is trying to enjoy um, his tiny non-alcoholic hazy IPA, I'm going to chat through kind of the rise of the sector and how we can kind of quantify that. So it seems like... The place to look always to see what's trending or what people are interested in is obviously social media. Oh, fish where the fish are, right? Yeah. Um, so there's been a massive growth in curiosity about drinking less and mm. mindful drinking. There's quite a few different movements surrounded around it. Mm. But one of them is sort of the hashtag sober curious has amassed 353.9 million views on TikTok in 2022. In one year. Yeah, which is Jeez. mental. And also damp January was on the rise last month. So I think everyone knows what dry January is. You've told me about this damp thing. Uh, I, I think it sounds quite... It, yeah. It's basically people not committing to being completely dry for the whole month, but just that they're more mindfully consuming alcohol for that month. So they may not drink during the week, but they'll still have a glass of wine on the weekend because they just think this is a more attainable kind of goal for me. Does that need to be a thing, though? That's just... That sounds normal. It's not abstaining. It's just drinking like a normal person, is it not? Well, I don't know. From what I've seen anyway on, on like TikTok and stuff, damp lifestyle and damp January and all that kind of thing was more around mindful consumption and not drinking to excess. So potentially for these people, they were people who maybe did drink to excess and mm. would have gone out on a Friday night and mm. not remembered their Friday night. Fair enough. Or, you know, spent more money than they wanted to on booze or something like that. So I think it's just being a bit more mindful yeah. towards that. It's a step in the, it's a step in a direction, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I just think that's quite interesting. And it kind of makes sense that TikTok in particular is seeing a rise in these searches because it is um, Gen Z and millennials are the ones driving this market. Mm -hmm. For example, in the UK, 19% of 25 to 34-year-olds have consumed a non-alcoholic spirit in the last few months. And interestingly, 82% of regular low and no drinkers also consume alcohol. That is interesting. So the majority of this low and no drinker category... It's that dump lifestyle. Yeah. It's not completely that, abstaining. Yeah, okay. It's, right. you know, 
being just b- about trying to be more balanced about it. Eighty-two percent's a big proportion. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. And in 2022, sales of no and low beverages grew by more than seven percent in volume across ten key global markets, surpassing eleven billion in market value. Jesus. This is up from eight billion dollars shown in 2018, according to the IWSR drinks market analysis which is a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. It's predominantly low or no beer and cider that's driving this market. I think it makes up about 70% yeah. of the share. And it's not new growth that this is showing. It's actually like a shift in habits. So it's robbing essentially the alcohol drinks category yeah, okay. of their sales. So it's not, Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not new drinkers coming in that are just drinking alcohol-free. It's people that were already drinking moving to alcohol. Yeah, it's not your Ribena switch like drinkers deciding that they want a beer, a non-alcoholic beer instead. <laughs> I don't know why Ribena came to my mind, but know. you know what I mean. <laughs> Ribena is much cheaper. I'll give them that one. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. You can crack open this uh, Bitburger Pilsner 0.0. Talk us through the can. Talk us through your thoughts. The can is sort of very classic branding. Basically, the, when I say it's quite standard branding, it looks like an imitation German beer. Yeah just the vibe it gives but it has a very very clear large red not point not percent alcohol on mm. the side like it's obvious it's alcohol free well, some of their writing say on the side of it, it's got some drive it's randomly got a circle next to the not point not percent it says alcohol free sans alcool and this has got the word drive drive safe maybe i don't know anyway crack it open give it a go tell us what you think it's in a big can as well it's the only um 500 mil can out Half of our meter. selection, which is quite a lot. Just look at that tin, will you? Oh, wow, that's got quite the um, quite the foam on it. Smells good. I feel like everything I smell, I'm going to be like, it smells good just because I haven't actually had a pint in a very long time. So I'm like, yeah, this is great. It looks really similar to the Asahi. I'm not sure I'd be able to tell the difference if I just saw them in a the glass. Yeah, true. Yum. Yeah. Oh, delicious. Oh, send it over. Stunning. I, th- I think this was also the cheapest of our lineup. I think it was around like two or three dollars. Smells real malty, eh? J'adore. Oh, delightful. Mm. Surprisingly good. Might have a new favorite there. Oktoberfest. Mm. Oh, very good. That's quite Moorish, that actually. Just yeah, I really enjoy this later. one. Big fan. Okay, so while you're enjoying your Bitburger Pilsner, I'll chat through some of the reasons why alcohol-free is on the rise. Now, there's lots and lots of these. Um, We can speculate about this all day, but I found a very nice quote uh, when we were researching this topic. I come across a Forbes article chatting through exactly what we're going through today. And there was a quote from Dave Dusa, who's CEO of sales and marketing of the USA arm of Radeberger Group, which is a German beer group. And I thought it summed the whole thing up beautifully. So I've just ripped that out and I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Non-alcoholic drinks used to be all about situations where you can't drink. Designated drivers, pregnancy, recovering alcoholics, etc. Today's consumer is saying that they can drink alcohol they just don't want to. And that echoes quite well, I think, that stat that you pulled out just before. Mm. Uh, what was that? 82% eight, of eight, low and yeah. no, yeah. They also consume alcohol. So these people know they can, they just don't want to. So why is that? Well, I mean, some say, especially post-pandemic, um, drinking habits have changed quite significantly. That was 
everyone had their own experience of it, but I think for many that was a moment in time that really kind of encouraged or probably more forced people to consider their mental health and their mental well-being, right? Um, for a lot of people, us included, I think me certainly included, it, it made me realise that actually going out, drinking excessively and being hungover wasn't mm. really all it was cracked up to be, was it? And I think it was such an anxious time for a lot of people that they really yeah. were looking at their lifestyle being like, oh, what am I doing that's increasing that anxiety? Yeah. And perhaps alcohol for some people was something. Definitely didn't want to introduce any more of it. And, you know, it definitely can be a shortcut to anxiety. There's all that terminology um, specific to oh, know, yes. hangovers. Oh, yes. Beer fear, what's some others? Hangxiety, beer fear, session depression, <laughs> a personal favorite of yeah. mine. Yeah, it's so normalized. That everyone's like, yeah, it cripples my mind mental health but YOLO I just said YOLO you did wow uh, gross Nikki um, teaches me lots of different phrases there's another one uh, that so consumers have been practicing more conscious drinking something that you called uh, well taught me is called tiger striping you want to talk us through that oh yeah so like switching between an alcoholic beverage and then a non-alcoholic beverage so you could still go in have your full strength pint and then maybe switch up and have a non-alcoholic next and then go back and it just means that you're like still having the crack and like feeling like you're enjoying your night to the full if that's how you want to to do it yeah but you feel fresh the classic balance is wine and water right you know you have a wine you have a water you have a wine you have a water yeah or you could have a a full strength beer mid-strength beer full strength beer mid-strength beer and that's i guess for the people that uh, have a bit more money (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's actually anytime i think about that that's what i think (laughs) um obviously health and wellness trends are driving this as well um people understanding the potential longer term damage from you know binge drinking for example the education around that is just much more prominent now and just being also a bit more mindful of what they're consuming so not an exhaustive list there but some of the reasons a a snapshot of why alcohol free may or may not be on the rise should we move on to the last one lucky last Yep, so Daniel is finishing us off with Max Mid Vicious, and it is a 2.5% session pale ale. Yep, can, absolutely love it. Max do some really terrific stuff with their can designs. This one's no different. It's a nice metallic green, got a picture of a hop with a pin going through it for some reason. It says punk hop, okay. Uh, Mid Vicious, session pale ale, down the bottom, alcohol by volume 2.5%. So they don't make a big song and dance about it, it's just... It's a mid-strength. This is probably my favourite spear category at the moment over summer. Um, gotten right into my mid-strength. Yeah, mid you've strengths. been loving a wee mid. Absolutely love them because you can session them and you still feel fantastic afterwards. Um, so tried quite a few uh, mid-strength ales over the summer months and tried some really delightful ones. Some of them new favourite beers and you wouldn't even know uh, trying it unless you were told that it was mid-strength. Tastes ab- absolutely identical to a full-strength beer. They're also great here great. because during the summer, you obviously want to go out and like have a session on the beers, mm. but <laughs> dehydration oh, is yeah. real and the sun is strong, yeah. so... By going that wee bit lower, you've just found it's like so much easier to manage. Yeah, I've gotten back into my running a bit lately. So obviously sweating a bit more, losing a bit more fluids. And I'm finding that just uh, maybe it's getting older as well. Like knocking back a bloody 6% hazy IPA just really, really takes me out. Mm. So these mids have been fantastic. This one here and the glass looks like a beer. Smells like a beer. Tastes like a beer. I don't know what more to tell you. It is a little bit light on body. I feel like this one... 
perhaps a little bit more obvious than some of the other ones I've tried that this is a mid-strength beer. But It is a session peel ale, though, so, you know. Yeah, they want you to session it. It's refreshing. It's delicious. If it was hot outside and I'd just been for a big bloody run or a hike or something, I'd be delighted to knock back four or five of those and still feel fantastic afterwards. Mm. I like it. Good to hear. So off the back of that, we'll finish off with um, the future of low and no. Mm. In summary, it's here to stay. So from Nielsen, we've pulled these stats. In the past year to date, sales of non-alcoholic beer, wine and spirits accounted for 0.47% of total sales, total alcohol sales, sorry, in the US, a steady growth over the past five years. In 2021, it was 0.39%. And in 2018, it was only 0.22%. So that's not like, when you're looking at numbers, that doesn't seem like a huge amount of growth. 0.22 to 0.47 over a period of four years. But when you're talking about alcohol sales in the US, that we're talking multiple billions of dollars here. And that's actually phenomenal growth. It's doubled, more than doubled, essentially. Research done by... The International Wine and Spirits Record, the IWSR, published in 2021, predicted a sales growth of over 31% for low and no drinks by next year, Jeez, which is massive again. So it's definitely well established and it's only on the up. Hmm. But in terms of expansion, it's where can it go next? And there's quite a lot of different directions that are being taken with it. And I find this really like interesting yeah. that some are now looking at inclusions of adaptogens or CBD or like things like ashwagandha. Is that how you say yep. that? Reishi or even psychedelics. Yeah, this is one you put me onto with an article you found a couple of weeks ago, the psychedelic inclusion in beer. That starts to... I don't know, the water gets really muddy for me there, right? So some people are trying to find ways to give that alcohol buzz, but yeah. an alcohol-free product, and I just I don't, weird. For me, I think a lot of the reasons that people choose to drink low or no are because it's better for their mental health. They don't want to, like inhibit themselves Mm. or their judgments or like their decision making process in any way or they're or they are you know the practical reasons if you're pregnant you're you know a recovering addict or you're driving or something why would you then want to replace alcohol with another stimulant this is where it gets a bit confusing eh? because i don't really get it you go out you think you're getting an alcohol-free product and we're talking you know potentially 10 years down the line or whatever psychedelics become a norm with alcohol-free products you get an alcohol-free product you assume it's alcohol-free you drive home you get pulled over you blow zero on the breathalyzer but you're tripping balls at the same time (laughs) it starts to get a bit muddy for me but whether or not it'll go that way I I don't know it's an interesting direction for it to be moving in considering a lot of the growth of the sector was born from like wellness trends yeah and people looking at their health more and looking sort of at like what's good for them and what's not yeah but then maybe it might take off the CBD inclusion I think sounds quite interesting that could be quite like give you the relaxing effect that alcohol mm. can give you. Mm. Anyway, it'll be exciting. Yeah. So Well, as you say, it's not going anywhere. So over the next few years, we will just see how this trend continues and what lies in the future for low and no alcohol products. And I'll be closely monitoring it for the next however many months until <laughs> <Certainly>. <laughs> it's going to be an everyday occurrence for me. All right. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap up our Sunday sip and our main topic today. Um, I think all in all... Uh, a couple of delightful drinks there, uh, a couple of them better than others, but it's been a lot of fun trying these alcohol-free products. Would you agree? Yeah, Bitburger was a standout for me. Chef's yeah. kiss. 
Okay, on to our booze and brews news after a slight hiatus. I know that only uh, was a couple of seconds as far as the episode's concerned, but we had a whole episode there where I accidentally spilled a glass all over my bloody iPad trackpad. That wasn't great. <laughs> anyway, moving on. What have you got for us today, Nikki? So firstly, last month, New Zealand-based RTD brand Free AF made their US debut. Free AF, created by Lisa King in 2020, hosts four RTDs that are now available in the US, an Apero Spritz, Cuba Libre, Paloma, and Vodka Spritz. Mm. Free AF is made with Afterglow, which is a 100% natural botanical extract made in New Zealand that is said to mimic the pleasure of drinking alcohol. Mm, interesting. And we were kind of talking a bit about that before, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. So Afterglow is a botanical extract and... Because it gives the same sensation of an alcoholic beverage, but without any alcohol, it gives that kick when you drink it, and then that warming sensation people are familiar with, but they're safe to drive afterwards. And in November, Lisa King opened New Zealand's first alcohol-free bottle shop in Auckland called the Curious AF Bottle Shop. i got to say, I absolutely adore their branding, like the free oh, AF, I love it. Yeah, yeah. alcohol-free as fuck. You know, double, double it's so nice. play there. I think it's really clear, clever in the Curious AF Bottle Shop. And they actually, they is it them that do a podcast as well? Yeah, I think they've got a podcast too. I can't remember what all, it's called. All but... about this kind of topic, yeah. which I think is yeah, very fun. I quite like to try those RTDs, actually, to be honest. Next up, we have the saga of the Negroni Spag. There was an interview that went viral on TikTok Mm -hmm. between two of the lead actors, Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook, from House of Dragons. Mm -hmm. And in said interview, they were discussing their favourite drink orders in a bar. Mm. And Darcy revealed that they chose a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it. Right. And the clip went viral on TikTok and Negroni Spagliato was the top trending cocktail in Google search. That increase in search ended up seeing a 5,640% search Jeez. rise boost for Campari, which is the main ingredient in that. Interesting. And they also saw direct impact on their US sales. A cocktail kit was put into market within two weeks of this going viral. And the head of marketing at Campari America has said that they had team members actively going to secure drinks menus off the back of the trend and... It's a trend that is doing a lot for the education of the aperitif and cocktail culture in many different ways. Nice. Most people probably saw saw spin-offs of that of that interview. It was very entertaining. And I a great show, it. by the way, as well. House yeah, of the Dragon. Super Wouldn't good. recommend. Lastly, continuing our alcohol-free theme, um, alcohol-free beer producer Lucky Saint has announced that it will open a central London pub that will also act as a brand home. So they're anticipating opening early March. Mm. And Luke Bowes, who's the founder, commented on the news. This is a direct quote from him just because I thought it was quite nice and like an interesting point to consider. Pubs have been at the heart of communities and alcohol has been at the heart of pubs for centuries. As attitudes towards alcohol change, it's an opportunity for pubs to evolve. Our aim is to keep pubs cemented as the place for social connection whilst building on our mission to inspire the world to drink better. You know where else does that? Buddy cafes, don't they? If they stay open later than friggin' like two o'clock, which is is the problem here. That's a very good point. That's quite interesting. I wonder how it will go because, you know, particularly somewhere like England where pub culture is so massive, you know, it's nice. I think it's a nice idea to be like, we want to keep that pub mentality and the the culture of it Mm. alive without 
binge drinking. Mm, mm. I guess it's hard to picture because when you conjure up a, an image of a uh, you know central London pub, you have one sort of stereotype pops into your head, right? But I suppose this trend is driven by Gen Z and millennials, so maybe they'll embrace it. Time will tell. It'll be interesting to watch, yes. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Nikki, for today's booze and brews news. Let's move on to that uh, new feature. So a new feature, kind of, uh, something that we have always done in our episodes, but we're just breaking it out into its own section now. We're calling the Social Sip, which is where we ask questions on our Instagram or other channels across the week or the month or the six months, as the case may be, for this one. And today's uh, question is on the topic of non-alcoholic or low-alcoholic drinks. Now, some quite illuminating numbers in here, for me anyway. Uh, the first question, do you want to run us through that one? Yeah, we kept it super simple and we were basically like non-alcoholic beers. You love them or you're or you not fussed. Mm. We had actually 53% saying that they loved them and only 47% said they weren't fussed. So about as close as you can get really to a 50-50 split. I really thought more people would not be that fussed by them, but actually yeah, same. more people just we're keen actually really quite enjoy them and we've got a comment from someone as well yeah ross says that he wants to like them and some are really good but others are just a bit too meh for yeah, him yeah i understand that like it's a category that like you want to love but you get burned by it every now and then because yeah. you're like oh that product looks terrific you try it and it's piss like you and your hazy that wasn't that bad to be fair that wasn't you were pretty I disappointed just, if i had have paid ten dollars for a pint of it in a pub I'd probably feel a little bit let down, sure, but it's fine. Your eyes looked sad. <laughs> Next question we asked was, are mocktails a waste of money? Now, that's always been the long-standing thing with that drink category, right? Mm. You go to a cocktail bar, you get a fancy cocktail made, it comes out, it's $20. But mocktails, which are you know effectively just juice, but put together in an intricate way, are they a waste of money or not? Most people, you would think, would say yes, but actually... 42% said no, only 58% said yes, it's basically just juice. So really, again, not that far off a 50-50 split. I was, again, a little bit surprised by that. I've come to my own realisation as to what my opinion was on this, because mm. I, I didn't know. Mm. Um, I think if they are just juice, mm. they're a waste of money. Yeah. But if they have some interesting component like a non-alcoholic spirit or mm. some one of those kind of like botanical influences mm. that you see coming through or like a non-alcoholic gin specifically mm. justifies the price then i can justify a higher price point but if you're shaking up pineapple juice <laughs> lime yeah. juice just make ginger me a beer just make me a traffic light already over a load of ice yeah. like no, I'm not paying $20 for that. Yeah. Like, that, just give me a glass of water, thank you. I think that's perfectly It makes me reasonable. really mad. We also asked for some recommendations that anyone would have over uh, for any, you know, low or no alcohol drinks, spirits, whatever, that would be worth trying. And funnily enough, the only recommendation that came through was for Liars, who we shouted out earlier for in that um, Mezcal Tequila Bar in Queenstown. Uh, funnily enough, we actually just bought a bottle of that too, didn't we? We got a bottle of the pink gin yeah, on the way. Yeah, pink gin. We were going to get the agave again, and then I was like, no, I've already had that. Let's, Let's get the pink try gin. Try something new. So actually, we've got a uh, topic and a drink in mind for uh, an upcoming episode that I'm sure that will feature quite heavily in. So make sure you like and subscribe uh, for that one there. And if you do want to get involved with the social sip at any point, we ask questions quite regularly on our Instagram channel. We've also just started a TikTok as well. Very easy to find. We are just at sips with the tips. 
And that's the last call bell, so about time to wrap up this, what I believe is episode 9 of Sips with the Tips. Thank you so much for listening, thank you for sticking with us after a very long hiatus, hopefully it won't be quite so long until the next one. I do hope that you've enjoyed hearing all about our thoughts on some alcohol-free beers today, and sticking with us through that uh, science lesson, uh, that opinion-driven uh, piece about alcohol-free and the future of it and things... Interesting topic, I gotta say. Thanks for sticking with it, and we'll hope to catch you in the next one. Today's episode is perfectly paired with a anxiety free Sunday morning walk after a big night out on the low and no with all your pals. Sips with the Tips is written, recorded, and produced by us. Theme music from All Good Folks. Keep in contact at our website, sipswiththetips.com, or through our Instagram or TikTok at sipswiththetips. And as always, sip sensibly, savor the sip, and we'll see you in the next episode.